This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. Happy New Year as we get 2024 started here. Um, and we've got a lot to talk about in this week's episode. A, a good start um, to the new year here on the Varsity Podcast. Um, we'll hit on a lot of holiday hoops that happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, a lot of good stuff happening here in the North Shore area. So we'll dive into that in the first quarter. We're going to do our regular four-quarter format. In the second quarter, we're going to be joined by uh, Loyola Girls coach Jeremy Schoenaker. In the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we preview the upcoming week of action and uh, also take a look back at 2023, um, put a little bow on that as well um, as we move into the new year. But just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you search us. Um, give us a nice little review. We always appreciate everybody um, giving a nice uh, a review and um even just a rating kind of helps us get to more listeners who are also interested in high school sports, especially in the high school or in the North Shore area. So uh, um, always appreciate your guys' support and uh, uh, make sure you guys give us a nice little like so we can uh, spread the word about the podcast. But let's get things started here in the first quarter. I'm going to bring Joe in where um, our, uh, our area teams had a lot of success um, over the past weeks during holiday tournaments. Um, you have two champions, two third placers, um, so a lot of good stuff happening here in the area. But um, let's start with, I, I figure Joe and I can both agree that this is probably the toughest tournament that all of our teams competed in, um, and that's obviously the boys' team for Nutrier competing at the Pontiac. Um, obviously always such a great tournament and a lot of great stuff going on there. Um, Nutrier took third at that uh, tournament. Um, they ended up beating Bloom. Um, to take third in the tournament. Um, some really good performances from Nutrier, um, where they beat Bloomington 89-49 and Joliet West 66-34 um, before uh, losing in the semifinals. Um, but, uh, uh, Joe, a really strong performance from Nutrier um, and something that we kind of were looking for um, as we we're trying to figure out, you know, just how good could this iteration of Nutrier be this year? Yeah. Um, it definitely a good, uh, you know, um, litmus test for, for Nutrier and, uh, how, how good they were, how good they are, uh, could they be all that, all that stuff factored into it. Um, you know, getting the fourth seed, you know, actually being seated in the tournament helps a lot. Um, that way you get maybe a couple, um, um, yeah, simpler games before getting to maybe another ranked team. I think in the past they played like a Curie in the second round instead of the third. So that worked in their favor, their kind of previous success um, in the season. So they picked up Curie in, in the semifinals after two kind of uh, resounding wins um, in which they just looked really good. And and they played really well against Curie, especially on the defensive end. Um, Curie really got them, you know, known as uh, – they're a top ranked team this year, arguably number one um, in Chicagoland, if not the state. Um, and Nutrier had a lead after a quarter, after a half, 
but then Curie really took them out of their game. Um, they didn't get enough looks from the outside while Curie was was hot from outside. So um, they, they the Condor switched it up on them, um, flipped the script, and, and Nutrier couldn't couldn't get that comeback going. Although they did have a shot um, from kind of a guy that they want to take that shot. Danny Houlihan, I think, took the shot um, in the final minute to tie things. And it was just off target. So anyway, um, a really good performance. And they bounced back by making, um, I think it was 15 three-pointers in the third yep. place game. Um, just shot the lights out. And they let it fly. I think they shot 30 times. So uh, that was clearly something they wanted to do going into that game, um, take the open shot. But um, they showed what they're capable of, I think. I think they're a team that that no one wants to play for a couple reasons. Um they play really good defense and they pressure you, but also everybody they put on the floor can shoot the basketball. Um, you never really know where the points are going to come from. Um, and uh, that that's intimidating. And they showed that. Yeah. You also had Nutrier, uh not only setting the Pontiac tournament record for three point field goals in a game, uh, 15, like you mentioned against bloom, but they also made 45 in four games at the tournament. So um, a really good uh, shooting performance from them. Uh, that's something I wanted to hit on with you, Joe. How much, you know, we haven't really, I don't think we really talked about them too much when we talked about Nutrier, but how much is a three-pointer going to be a, a do-or-die thing for this Nutrier team where, you know, obviously it helped them a lot um, to pick up, uh, you know, third place here at the Pontiac Tournament, but um, is this a team that's going to, you know, live or die with the three-pointer, or is this just something that, you know, they took advantage of and kind of made the most of it in Pontiac? I think it's a live or die thing. I don't know if Nutrier can win big games against like opponents if they shoot 20% from three. I'd, I'd like to see it. I know, you know, Ian Brown's an inside-outside scorer. Chris Kirkpatrick, their sophomore, can get to the rim. Um, so can Colby Smith inside-outside. So they got guys that can score in both ways. It's just that's what elevates them to, I think, that superior level, to that level where – um, they are a top 10 team in the state is their shooting prowess. So if it's another, they're playing another top 10 team and they shoot really poorly, I, I, I don't know if they can win that game. Um, their defense can certainly keep them in it, um, but um, that would be tough. So, yeah, I do think it's a bit of live or die. Um, we'll see because they got some games coming up um, in, in against teams who know they can shoot the three, like a Glenbrook North. Um, it's going to be hard for them to get open looks. So um, we'll see some of that coming up. Let's talk about that Curry loss. Obviously, you know, um, you're losing, you never want to lose a game or anything like that. But, you know, Curry is a really good team. Obviously, Michael O'Brien from the Sun-Times has them as their uh, number one team after they won the Pontiac tournament. But, you know, it wasn't like Nutrier got blown out or anything like that. And obviously, I know, you know, you can't paint uh, positives in a loss and all that kind of stuff. But a 52-47 to 47 loss, you know, in the semifinals, I, I, I feel like that's a positive for Nutrier as much as it can be in the loss. Yeah, I do too. I thought they just played really well. And I thought also the Condors uh, was really impressed with their second half adjustments and how they took Nutrier off the three-point line at least a little bit. And um, really they answered the bell in terms of shot making. Um, and they got to the free throw line and they hit their perimeter shots. Um yeah, I, I think Nutrier has some things to work on from that. Obviously, you can't let any team go on a 13-0 run. Um, runs happen in basketball, but that was a huge one at a critical time. Um, so, um, 
I do think overall it's something that you can be proud of, if not happy with, um, and then learn from. And uh, I think, you know, down the road, whether it's sectional, super sectional, wherever they are, and they play a team of that caliber, uh, they know they can hang. They've got that confidence if they didn't have it before. All right, we'll hit on more with Nutrier in the third quarter and when we play uh, way or no game way. But let's move on over now. Loyola boys traveled down to Florida, um, as they usually do every year, and they competed um, in the Ford Myers uh, Holiday Hoop Fest at Bishop Veray. Loyola went 4-0 and uh, to win the championship there. Um, a lot of good stuff from Loyola over the weekend and, or I guess over the past week. But um, always curious, you know, I feel like we kind of hit on the same point every single time we talk about this tournament. Obviously, we don't know, you know, how good um, these teams are that they're competing against. But still, you saw it got a strong performance from uh, Miles Boland, who had 17 points and six rebounds in the championship and was named the tournament MVP. Uh, Donovan Robinson, obviously, uh, a really good Rambler football player, scored double digits in three of Loyola's four games, um, made the all-tournament team. So, um, obviously, Joe, you know, I'm not going to go jump and say Loyola boys basketball are back. They should be a top 25 team. But, you know, winning a tournament and traveling away um, obviously always is good, especially for uh, boosting morale. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it's a big trip for them. And I think last year they lost in the championship game, so they they won up to this season. And um, Donovan Robinson, a bit of a coming out party. Obviously, he's coming off that football season, so um, all those guys coming off that football season are starting to really gel and, and make this team what it's capable of. Um, he's he's a two way threat, um, and obviously one of the most athletic and, and fast guys on the floor, um, as we saw during the football season. But um, their defense, again, led this way. So I don't know if they scored, if I can remember, uh, more than 50 or 55 in, in any single game. But they also only allowed more than 30 once. So I think three of their four games they allowed under 30. And in the championship, they around, allowed around 40. Um, but um, in, a, in a close game against a team that I believe is ranked out in Florida. So um, it was just a, a really strong tournament from them. Bunch of guys stepping up. Um Miles Bowling, the leader of that team, right at the top. But then you got whether it was Robinson or Hollerich or Patton, I think they've got a line Loftus, a lineup that's starting to work and play well together, especially on that defensive end. What uh, you know, we talked about Loyola and that kind of stuff, you know, waiting for guys to come in and all that. You know, we we we've I wouldn't say we've made excuses for Loyola, but we've given them kind of reasons for maybe why they haven't played to their full level. Um, Joe, as we head into January now, um, how much do you really want to see from this Loyola team, you know, as they, you know, kind of jump back into things, especially in a really tough CCL? Uh, yeah, I'd like to see them take down some big dogs um, and they'll get their chance. And I think they're fully capable. Um, I think it's good. Those are going to be some really rough and tumble games. Um, and, um, you know, Loyola gets enough offense that they're, they're capable of winning any of those games. I think they, they're proving that right now. That defense is that legitimate. So I would like to see some W's in those big games, um, but I do think they're going to be close regardless. All right, let's move on over now to the girls basketball where Loyola hosted its first ever inaugural uh, tournament. Uh, Loyola dominated the opponents pretty uh, handily for much of the, much of the tournament to go uh, to stay undefeated on the season. Um, just uh, just a good performance, Joe, for this Loyola team that 
um, continues to roll and uh, obviously earning a, a Christmas tournament um, is always fun too. Yeah, their host tournament, um, first one inaugural, um, talked to coach Shoniker about how that came about and just, they, they wanted to see if they could do it and eventually kind of grow it to be um, a power pack tournament might take a few years, but um, they got 16 good teams and programs in this one and Loyola ran through that competition. And that's just saying so much about Loyola. They're so good. Mike. It's really, uh, it, it, I don't want to get there yet because I've seen a lot of girls, uh, great girls basketball in my time as a reporter, but this is up there with the best teams I've seen. Just how good they are on the defensive end and how many members of their offense can create their own offense and score. And I really believe they're only like they're getting there, like they're playing at a high level offensively. But I think there's even more to unlock with what they can do on the offensive end. Um, and, you know, Aubrey Galvin at at the point guard, the junior point guard is an absolute stud, um, maybe the best player in the state, but certainly up there. And then they have another all-stater in Paige Angles as a senior. So they're really that good. They're beating teams by 30, good teams by 30 points. Yeah, and Angles and Galvin uh, both scored their thousandth uh, career uh, point um, in a win over Jones on December 26th. So um, obviously, you know, Galvin, you know, transferred over from Deerfield and Angles, obviously has been part of the program, but, um, obviously just to kind of continue that is, uh, um, a, a really impressive run for a team that, you know, hasn't really shown any blimps yet. No, they're one close game, really. Um, I'm sure there's another one somewhat close, but their closest, their 18 to know was a 46, 48 win over friend, always yeah. a good program. And talking to Schoenecker, he told me that um, they were all kind of sick that game. They've been dealing with some illnesses. And actually, after a few games that week, um, they sat down for two days. No practices, no anything. They, You know, he felt like they needed a rest. So um, even he says they weren't at their tip top that game, but now they, they're they getting there. So um, they're going to be challenged. There's going to be more challenges in the future, but there aren't many teams that stack up to this loyal team in the state of Illinois. You mentioned Schoenicker. Schoenicker became the all-time wins leader in Loyola basketball, both boys and girls. He's He was at 356, um, I think, on December 12th. Obviously, picked up some more wins there as well. So, um, obviously, we'll hear from Coach in the second quarter. But, uh, obviously, Jeremy Schoenicker has been at the program for a long time and helped uh, build it. Loyola to, uh, you know, being a perennial a team that is consist consistently, you know, making deep runs in the postseason. Yeah, and they've had some great players come through there that that he's helped coach. But even in years where they might not have a superstar, you know, they get to 20 wins or so um, a lot. They're really, really great. So as much as he's modest about it, there's clearly something going right. He's had the same staff for a few years. That's always um, good for, for a program. And, uh, yeah, they're definitely doing something right over there. All right, let's move on over to Nutrier, who I, I feel like, you know, we've been waiting for this Nutrier team to kind of put together a strong performance and strong little run. And um, I feel like they did that at Dundee Crown's uh, Carmony Classic. Um, the Trebians took third at that tournament. Um, they uh, came back um, and uh, guaranteed a top four finish for Nutrier after they took down uh, St. Charles North um, in their quarterfinal matchup. Um, and then, uh, you know, they lost to Stevenson, but then they were able to uh, pick up a 45 to 30 win over Barrington in the third place game. Um, so, Joe, a really strong 
you know, performance for our new trier, um, and one that I feel like, you know, can really impact what they're going to do here in the new year. Yeah, I uh, was very impressed kind of following the scores. Uh, I'll actually catch up with them this weekend at the Grow the Game tournament and uh, looking forward to seeing where they are and how they're playing right now because it really seems like they're playing at a level that I think the staff and, and you know, thought they were capable of. Um, they've definitely got a star in Cela Klein. Um, she's very good. She's a bucket. She can she can go and create her own shot, and she can she plays great defense. Kind of do a bit of everything on the floor, and they've got nice pieces around that senior leadership as well as young talent. I feel like this team could could do some damage in the postseason, and we kind of saw that capability at this tournament. That comeback win over a good St. Charles North. Uh, they were up on Stevenson a lot of that game. And uh, Stevenson, I think, is on like a long winning streak and obviously one of the best programs in the state with Emery Klatt over there um, in her senior year, DePaul commit. Um, and they hung with them and they were up and then they kind of offense um, fluttered out in the second half. But then they come right back with a, with a nice solid win over a good Barrington team in the third place game. So a lot of good wins. Uh they, they pick up a trophy. I think this was a huge kind of turning point for this program or for this team this year. Yeah, I think it will be really interesting. And we'll talk more about it in the third quarter um, as we kind of break down what this potentially can mean moving on um, into 2024. Uh, Regina uh, swept its slate of games in the Snowflake Shootout, um, an inaugural event held by uh, Regina. Uh, they uh, took wins against Niles West, Layden, Waukee. Keegan and Niles North to claim the top spot and Niles West finish uh, second with a three on one record. Uh, good stuff from Joe uh, from Regina to be able to uh, pick up that uh, win there in their uh, little shootout. Yeah. Another first shootout um, Regina hosted five teams. Um, nice little event and they, they, they swept it. Um, I think Regina who plays in, um, I think they play in three, a, do they play in two? Anyway, they played a, a lower class, uh, obviously a very small school and one might, um, but basketball is their thing. And, you know, some years because it's so small, they'll, they'll dip down a little bit, but when it's rolling good, um, you know, Regina takes a lot of pride in their basketball program. I think they have a nice unit out there this year. They're very strong defensively. Um, and um, they, they should do some, some good things in class three A as well. So a nice finish against some, some bigger schools too, for them in this, this uh, snowflake shootout. All right, let's move on over now to the second quarter where we're going to keep with girls basketball and we're going to be joined by Loyola girls basketball coach Jeremy Schoenaker. Um, Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with coach. Um, what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, we had a lot to talk about. Um, we talked about obviously um, their inaugural Christmas tournament and why how it came to be. We talked about them winning it, of course, um, and how they're playing right now. And then we also talked about his uh, wins record. All right, let's have a listen. You guys seem to be dominant from the jump in a flow. Has that been the way things have been going for you guys? You know, it was right after the um, week of the fun game, we were pretty sick. Um, coaches, players. Oh, like, okay. So we go into that fun game, and we had all pieces of the puzzle, but no, Paige wasn't healthy, Aubrey wasn't healthy. Um, so the um, last time not only did we play, we played Fremd on Tuesday, DePaul on Wednesday, went to Rockford on Thursday, played again in Rockford, Rockford on Saturday. Yeah. We needed to get... You know, we went forward all that week, um, but we needed to just get away from it. So we gave the kids a few days off and then uh, came back and 
this is the healthiest we've been probably the whole month and it showed in this tournament. I mean, we had fresh legs. We were all over the place defensively. No problem. Congrats. Um, so I think, yeah, it just showed, that, you know, we were able to gut some things out when we weren't healthy. Um, and when we got healthy, uh, we were really starting to play well again. Huh. How many days did you uh, take off? Two. Three, two, two and a half. And certain kids took a little bit more. Um, so. Thank you. Okay. And <clears throat> um, it seems, I, the last time I saw it was way back at New Trier. So yeah. coming to see you guys now. You talked about the fresh legs, but it just seems like uh, a little more in sync, even though you've been winning. I know you added a new player to the lineup. Does it feel that way, like getting more cohesive? and 100%. The more games, the more um, you know, we play with Aubrey. Obviously, Paige was able to play with Aubrey all summer long in AAU, but yeah, the other kids want to, you know, where's she going to go? What is she going to do? Um, you know, am I, in her way, am I in her way? Where is she going to pass the ball to? It all takes time. Um, but I think practice, too, has been a big thing for us, you know, just, you know, getting as many reps in with her as possible. And he talks about it out there, but why the tournament? Why did you guys feel the need to, to do it? We just felt, you know what, traveling um, is super expensive. And we thought, you know, why can't we pull it off, um, have some of the best teams? And we thought, you know, in the first year we had, you know, some really solid teams in the tournament, but we want to grow it. Um, and we're hoping to grow it for years to come. And like we talked to these guys, it's super special for them as seniors um, to win the first one. Um, you're not always going to win your own tournament. Right. So I think that's something that they should be proud of. When you say grow it, are we thinking all tournament style or who knows in the future? Group play, everything like that, maybe? Yeah, I mean, we could. If, I mean, I don't think we'll get to 32 teams. Right. Um, but we're hoping to get the best 16 teams in the state of Illinois. You know, I mean, we know right now um, Jason over at uh, Morton has you know, a lot of good teams mm -hmm. there. Um, but why can't we grow something up north? Because um, there's really not a whole lot up this way. Okay. Uh, and I can't let you go without talking about the wins record. Uh, you got it. I know uh, um, you don't talk about it much, but yeah, tell me what it means to you. I mean, our staff, John and I, have been together for 16 years. Um, Susie now has been on staff for the last five or six years. We, uh, Coach Batty's been on the staff for about five years as well with us. So I think the cohesiveness, um, just us understanding the grind it's going to take um, for four and a half months, five months. But these kids really, they work each, and, you know, when the season's over, the spring starts. Um, and then right into summer, right into fall, and the season. So we, we don't stop, we just keep grinding. Um, and when you're here for 16 years, you're eventually hopefully gonna break some records, right? Um, but I've been blessed to coach players like Paige, you know, Julie Martinez, uh, Summer Parker Hall, Izzy O'Leary. Um, you're not gonna win 356 games just by yourself as a coach. Um, you have to have really talented players to be able to pull it off, and we have a lot of very talented players here at Loyola. All right, awesome. Congratulations. No problem. Thank you, Jeremy, for joining us for our first interview of 2024. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's move on over to the third quarter where we continue and play way or no way our weekly guessing game. I throw out five propositions. Joe and I either argue or agree upon whether they can happen way or no way they cannot happen. We're going to stick with basketball for the first few of these, at least. Um and, you know, Nutrier Joe, Nutrier boys basketball um, obviously has those two losses. They lost to Warren and obviously they lost to Curie. But um, way or no way you think those two losses can be good um, as much as losses can be good? Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, way. I guess as much as they can be good. I think uh, 
at once we when we first saw it, the war and loss looked like okay. I'm not sure what that was about, but now we know how how good Warren is with the, with their freshman Jackson Davis, and they're a power, and they're going to do some significant damage um, this season and probably for the foreseeable future. Um, so that loss looks, I guess, better and better. Um, and Curie's just those are two of the top teams in the state going at it. Somebody's going to lose, uh, but I thought it was a could have gone either way type of game. So. I don't, that's what it's supposed to be at the highest level in the state. So I don't know if you can complain too much. A um, couple baskets go your way, you win. So um, I think as much as you can, those are, those are fine victory or loss. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd go with the way there as well. Um, I'm going to go with the caveat caveat though, though. Um, you know, those are good losses. If you want to call a loss good, but um, I, I do want to see new Trier win one of these types of games. And, you know, they get an opportunity. They got GBN on Friday, and we'll obviously talk about that in the fourth quarter. But, um, you know, Nutria has a lot of good opportunities. They got GBN. They got Mount Carmel. Um, La Lumiere Blue is going to come into town. Um, obviously, they got Glenbrook South. They got uh, Bloom again, Evanston. And then, obviously, two more matches against Glen- the Glenbrook. So, um, Nutria has a lot of opportunities. So, you know, I think these two losses are good for how losses can potentially be good if that's possible. But um, so way, I think they can be good. I want to see more from Nutrier um, if they really want to take that step of, you know, being considered one of the teams, you know, elite teams, as opposed to just being the teams, you know, good teams who are probably in the top 25, but, you know, can't maybe be some of the team's best teams or the state's best teams. All right, Joe, we talked about Nutrier girls basketball and their third place finish at the Dundee crown tournament. Um, way or no way, taking third was really important for what Nutria wants to accomplish this season. I think it was huge. Um, you know, last time I talked with Coach uh, Rogers over there, it was these girls have to believe in themselves. It was after a loss. And, you know, they can do things this season if, if they do that, and that's going to be key to our success. And it certainly seems like this was a turning point for that belief and for that um, ability to go from, you know, one level to the next level, which, which means victory and, um, you know, pushing yourself to, to what you're capable of. Uh, it seems like they're getting there and I'm sure, you know, they think there's, there's room to grow too. And I'm excited to see where it can go because I do think they have talent on that roster. That's capable of like competing for a sectional. Yeah. I think, um, there as well. I honestly would say these are probably some of the most important wins they've had in the last couple of years. Just, you know, being able to take third place, um, put something together in a, in a fairly good tournament. I mean, you got obviously Stevenson was in there. Um, you got some really good teams uh, competing in there. So um, I, I think taking third, coming back to beat St. Charles North the way they did in the quarterfinal and then to, uh, you know, take down um, and win third place. Um, I think that's important, and I think that could really be an important, you know, difference maker for this new cheer team as they head into January and deeper into conference play. All right, Jaloyola boys basketball obviously won their tournament. Uh, we've talked about, you know, how, you know, they potentially aren't at full strength yet, but should be getting there soon. Um, way or no way, you think Loyola showed you something in that Florida tournament win going for nothing? Yeah, they certainly did. Now, I think a lot of teams – uh, maybe not in this area could certainly be surprised or taken aback by the intensity and the talent of a Loyola defense. Um, just what they're able to do on the defensive end absolutely suffocates teams and 
I think a team seeing that for the first time can maybe <laughs> be in shock. So when we see um, three scores, you know, three opponents that are under 30 points, uh, that was uh, su- not necessarily surprising considering uh, what Loyola can do defensively, but all, but at the same time pleasing because, um, you know, you travel all the way down there and you put, you know, defense travels, as they say, and they didn't lose a step. So pretty good stuff. And uh, yeah, I think I did see something in Miles um, Boland showing up in a championship game. Not that he hasn't shown up in big games, but that's just, you know, when it's on the line and you need a dude to step up, that Boland is that for Loyola and he proved it right there. Yeah, I'd go with way for this one as well. Mostly they showed me that they're going to be what they've been for the past however long Livetino's been at the program, just a defensive, you know, juggernaut. And um, they'll just try to outscore you as much as they can because, you know, like we talked about earlier, we, it's not like Loyola put up a lot of points um, in these tournament games and, you know, won all these games. They, they're they going to play really sound defense. They're going to get in your face. They're going to make you, you know, create some turnovers and um, hopefully score enough points to beat you. But, um, I feel like that's pretty much what they showed me at this point where, you know, they're not going to shoot threes like Nutria. They're not going to, you know, out, you know, out, you know, score you or anything like that. They're just going to be doing what they've been doing for a long time. And that's pretty much just play tough defense, uh, get in your face and hope that uh, they can score more points uh, than you can at the end of the at the end of the game. All right, Joe, Nutria uh, girls wrestling had some good performances over the holiday uh, break. Um, they had some second place finishes at a tournament as well as some other placers. Um, way or no way, you think Nutria Girls Wrestling has the depth to uh, uh, make some noise here in February when it comes time for the playoffs? Yeah, if you're giving me a generality like make some noise, I'll say way. Um, exactly how good they're going to do, I'm not sure because that landscape for girls wrestling is still, I'm still figuring it out. Obviously, it's a new, newer sport. Um, and more and more teams and more and more athletes are getting involved. Um, so it's difficult to kind of um, predict what's going to happen. But um, Nutria is putting together a nice program. Um, they're getting involved in these tournaments. The program's growing. Um, and you could say that about Loyola. You could say that about Highland Park. Um, it's pretty cool. And um, I think Nutria has a couple of wrestlers who, who are going to, you know, win some postseason hardware yeah i'll definitely go with the way there as well i think you know with girls wrestling it's been such a cool thing to watch just how much it's grown how much it's you know really exploded like it's it it is like quadrupled if not you know quintupled if that's a word um you know since it kind of formed a couple years ago um and, and i and i think that's really cool to see just to watch the growth of the sport and how many girls have become so interested in it and um, given a lot of opportunities and that kind of stuff. So, um, but based on what Nutria has shown so far this season, I think that they definitely can make some noise. Um, whether that means, you know, capturing a few, you know, a few regionals, maybe get some state qualifiers. Sure. I think that could potentially happen. I don't think, you know, obviously um, there's still not a team component to this yet. I don't think, um, or actually I do think you can place as a team. I think they're going to do similar um style to what you see in like golf and swimming and that kind of stuff but they're not doing a dual team uh tournament or anything like that but um i i do think that look Nutrier um has shown that they have the depth and the capability to uh make some noise in the playoffs all right joe we always love to uh get football in there uh whenever we can to the podcast and um now that we know that the district model uh is dead in water and um 
we're uh, going to stick with conference play. Uh, we had uh, the CCLASC conference divisions and schedules released for the next couple of seasons. Had that at Friday Night Drive. Uh, Loyola's schedule for the next couple of years, they'll switch off home and away. Um, they'll be in 2024. They'll have St. Francis, Brother Rice at the Paul St. Ignatius, uh, Providence, Carmel, and Mount Carmel. Obviously, Brother Rice, Mount Carmel, um, and St. Ignatius are the new blue teams joining Loyola in the blue. Um, way or no way, Joe, you feel like that the conference schedules, obviously, we're, you know, way into things. We're almost a year ahead of schedule, like to do this a little bit ahead. So um, we're not doing win-loss, win-loss right now. But uh, based on what we know about the programs and about Loyola, um, that CCL ESCC schedule is pretty favorable for the Ramblers. I mean, I'll say way, but what what schedule wouldn't be favorable for the Ramblers at this point? Like just where the trajectory of their program and where it is is at the tops in the state. Um, and unless they play Mount Carmel six times, I don't know of a schedule that wouldn't be favorable. Um, uh, the, you know, they just got to stack, you know, they got to put teams on their schedule that are going to challenge them in different ways um, just so they're ready for the postseason. And that can be a challenge filling up, I think. Uh, the schedule you just read gives them some new looks like from a St. Francis and things like that, uh, that could certainly help them in their quest. But being that their goal is a state championship at this point in the program, year in and year out, um, it's more nuanced than how they set up their schedule. And I think it's as favorable as any can be. Yeah, obviously, you know, you they get a favorable schedule by, you know, fit with the success they've had over the last couple of years in the formula for um, getting the top team in each division um, as long as well as the blue division opponents. So, you know, obviously Mount Carmel brother rice will give them a lot of trouble in the blue St. Ignatius. I'm curious to see what happens with them now after their, um, you know, growth that they've had over the last few years, Justin Scott obviously leaves uh, the program there, but obviously St. Francis is good. The Paul's under rice Providence is historically good. And Carmel is obviously a very good team. Now that has a lot of talent. I mean, their quarterback is going to uh, be one of the top, prospects in the nation i'm sure he already has gotten a lot of attention as a freshman so um loyal obviously will get some uh, good competition in this time but um obviously i think it's a favorable schedule for loyal and i'm curious to see who those two non-cons are going to be in the first couple weeks of the season i'm sure it's going to be a struggle as always to schedule and i'm sure it'll include a out-of-state opponent because that's just how things kind of go um with this current scheduling model and i can already hear people in the distance screaming this is why we should have had a district model but um, we're not going to get into that right now but uh for for what we know about right now these teams i think it's a favorable schedule all right let's move on over here to the fourth quarter where uh we'll preview um some stuff that we've got going on in the upcoming week there's a lot of good hoops continuing on here um and we'll also say goodbye to 2023 one last time uh, starting with uh, with the boys, Joe, with New Trier Boys Basketball, they obviously get GBN on Friday, uh, recording this on Thursday, and, and that feels like a high-profile game. That feels like a game that I kind of talked about earlier here where I want to see New Trier win this game. I want to see New Trier be one of the better teams in the state. I think New Trier probably is a little bit higher than GBN in the power rankings. I haven't looked uh, latest, but um, GBN has lost by two points to Prospect. And then they lost in overtime in their tournament to Niqua Valley. Um, I think that was a wheeling tournament. So um, obviously good losses that Nutria has as well. But this feels like a game, Joe, where if I'm Nutria and I want to say I'm one of the best in the state, this is a game that I feel like they must win. 
Yeah, it's on the road. Um, obviously, they'll get them later in the second half of, of the conference schedule at home, but um, that adds a challenge to it. The other big challenge, I think, isn't just I, I do think Nutrier probably is a better team overall this year than Glenbrook North, although they're both really good. But um, these teams know each other so well. So the old adage, you know, throw the records out the window. I do think that is a bit of an equalizer. I think North knows to push them off the three-point line as much as possible. It's going to be intense. Um, and I know Nutrier knows that, uh, you know, you don't want to let Josh Fridden beat you. Um, you know, you hold him under 20, 25 points and, and you're in good shape. That's how good he is. Um, but they've got other guys uh, over at Glenbrook North that can score, Sam Lappin and um, Janulius. Um, I hope I pronounced that right, Janulianus. Anyway, um, he's good too, and, he, and they're all experienced as well. So I think these two teams know each other well. I don't think we're going to see any sort of offensive explosion in, unless one of these teams shoots 70% from three-pointers because I do think there'll be some shooting here. Um, it's going to be a rough-and-tumble game in, in the CSL. They both play some good defense when they're locked in, and I think that's what it'll be. I think it'll be a challenge, but I would like to see Nutrier – uh, kind of come away with, with with the victory, obviously, but do it um, do, stay keeping with uh, what what they do well, and not let Glenbrook North take them out of the game. I feel like we've talked about this a lot over the past years with Nutria, whether it's you know with Glenbrook South, whether it's with Glenbrook North, whether it was with Evanston, and you know how much familiarity played a role into those matchups, and how you know even if like maybe Nutria or Evanston or whatever, what have you, or Glenbrook South maybe had a better team. It didn't really matter because these two te these teams always knew how to play against each other and knew exactly what to do. So how much does that play a role into Friday's matchup where it's like, yeah, maybe Nutria is like a little bit better than GBN if you want to look at, you know, like schedules and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter considering how much they know each other, each other's tendencies, how they like to play the ball. And, um, you know, it might even lead to an opportunity to kind of change their game plan. Yeah, well, I think it's huge. I think um... – the ability to do something slightly different, obviously you're not changing your whole offense. You're not doing, you know, it's not football. You're not running any trick plays, things like that, but slightly different, uh, whether it's, um, you know, somebody else getting into the scoring or um, a couple small new plays or tweaks to your plays could be the difference because the other team knows so much about you. Um, you're, it equals the playing field so much or the playing court so much, I think. I think we saw that last year in the uh, – well, in the regular season and in the playoffs, Glenbrook North really pushed them to the brink, and Nutria was a third-place in-state team, um, and they had to win on the buzzer, um, and Glenbrook North did that without Fridman. So um, I, I do think that's a huge role in this, and it's a huge role when GBS comes to town as well. All right, other stuff going on. Obviously, New Cheer Girls are going to be uh, hosting Grow the Game Tournament. Always a, a great tournament. Um, really cool stuff just to watch. What, what You know, we talked about this New Cheer team, Joe, how important that was uh, to uh, take third in that tournament. How much are you kind of just looking to see whether they can continue to do what they've been doing at this point? Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested. Obviously, consistency is going to be key. And I'm not saying because they're just figuring it out, they might have a dip here and there but um i feel like you got to show some consistency in winning these games um they're going to get more a couple more teams in this grow the game that they it's a shootout so um obviously just fun matchups here i think they get um glenbrook glenbard west and maybe hinsdale central so good um solid big programs kind of equal in size i think nutria can win both of these games um 
but they'll be good ones. So um, let's see if they can do that. They'll be on the road in both of them. It'll be a good test for them and fun. But I, yeah, I would just like to see if you're kind of stack up the wins, get a nice streak or a nice like, you know, eight of 10 going. Loyola girls basketball uh, takes on Trinity on the ninth and they'll get Fenwick next week. Um, it, it feels like with those two matchups, obviously Fenwick is a big matchup with the GCAC, um, an opportunity to pick up another conference win and keep that uh, kind of going. But um, it, it feels for Loyola, um, you just got to keep going at this point. You got a good matchup against Whitney Young kind of coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. And obviously Mother Macaulay is coming up later in the middle, in the middle of the month. So, um, at this point for Loyola, it just kind of feels like, you know, keep the injuries down, obviously get healthy if they're sick, but um, you just got to keep doing what you got to do at this point. Yeah, just, uh, you know, there's stuff to work on, of course, but they're playing at such a high level. It's not anything that's going to be a difference maker, but it will be at some point. So um, honing those things, um, making sure, you know, that your press is on point. They've got a They've got a really good press, but uh, of course, there's always practice and pre in, in, in working on pressure like that when you deliver it at such a high volume and high intensity. Um, fine, you know, I, I would try to get some of your other, your ancillary players going, your your um, super sophomores and Claire Weisler and uh, Mary Kay Mackey, because um, um, shooting's a big part of their game too, and that kind of gets them. Um, some of those big chunks of their points because of all the gravity that somebody like Aubrey and Paige take up. So, um, yeah, just working on those little things really and just, I don't know, perfecting your craft because it's quite a craft at this point. Loyola boys uh, gets back to CCL action, traveling down in Lennox to play Providence. Um, and then they get Glenbrook North on Saturday. So, you know, we've talked a lot about this Loyola team, Joe, about showing us, obviously, um, they were able to uh, uh, beat, um, they're able to beat, um, you know, win that Florida tournament. But this feels like a really good week. You got a 500 around the Providence team. And then you got a Glenbrook North team who will have a lot of emotions playing Friday night or um, Friday and then just playing Saturday afternoon in, a, in a, what could be a sleepy Saturday game. But um, this feels like a moment for um, Loyola that you kind of need to take advantage and. I, I would even say go to a no if you really are trying to say that you're one of the better teams in the state. Yeah, certainly that's going to be their goal. And and what a weekend for the Spartans, Lindbergh North. You gotta, uh, you gotta, you you welcome Nutrier, which is going to be like I said, a tough game and and defensive battle as well. And then all that energy expended and come back on Saturday and just have Loyola in your face for <laughs> 35 minutes. Um, going to be intense. It's going to be a great game. Um, I, I, but I agree with you that I do think that the Ramblers are looking to go two and zero here and are looking to make a statement locally. All right. We've got a lot of fun basketball going on before we say goodbye and wrap up this episode of the podcast. Um, obviously we're going to uh, look back at 2023, um, give our top three stories of the year. Um, why don't we do this? Do, we are going to do top three, Joe. Why don't we do like three, two, one, like go from three to one um we, we can each give our three or two or one and uh move on up so joe what was your uh third best uh story from 2023 from the north shore area oh um number three i will say man i'm forgetting one i know i am i'm gonna say number three for me was loyola winning a state championship in football 
And I know people say, well, number three, <laughs> that's it's kind of a big deal. But there were a lot of great stories throughout this year. And I think, you know, that might have been among the most predictable. So maybe it wasn't as surprising. And um, I don't know, football's played. You know, I guess none of those, other than the Mount Carmel game, none of them were really mind-blowing instant classic type football game so um but obviously super special super dominant a lot of storylines that came out of it um you know the the team was fun you obviously had the pieces new coach new quarterback you had coach Fitz getting involved there was a lot of storylines so I'll put that one at number three you're gonna get mad at me probably with this but I am actually going to at number three I'm going to put um all the all the championships together um, for, you know, the swimming programs, uh, the golf programs, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to put that all together at number three. Um, I think they're all really cool, all really great stuff. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I, I can't separate them from the other. So I'm going with that with number three. Um, a lot of great championship for one in the North Shore area this year, um, primarily in Nutrier, obviously with the field hockey, with the golfs, with the um, all the great stuff. So I'm going to go with that in my number three, um, all the different championships won by um, all the different sports. Okay. All right, so what's your number two? Uh, number two, I'll go with baseball. Nutrier Baseball um, finished um, third in the state, and they went on a heck of a run. This was an extremely talented team. Uh, we followed it really closely. A lot of fun baseball games. Um and just um, a lot of excitement from the walk-off in the sectional semis, I think, uh, was maybe the best moment I saw live. Uh, that um, walk-off Grand Slam, was a Grand Slam? Might have been three-runner by Brennan Schressler. Um, was amazing. And, uh, yeah, just their whole run was something special. And all, along the way, uh, Mike Napoleon set the record for wins as a as a Illinois high school baseball coach, um, which was so cool. So, um, that was quite a season, and I would say that's that's number two for me. All right, my number two involves a third-place team, but I'm going with the boys' basketball team from New Trier. Um, obviously making history, taking third place, um, finally getting over the hump. Um, you know, a, a, a really fun tournament um, that they had. They beat GBN to win the sectional. They took down Libertyville to win the super sectional. Obviously, they lost to Bennett um, in the semifinals, but – you know, took down Downers Grove North, who had a, itself a really cool Cinderella run um, for that third place game. So um, I, I think that was my second favorite story, just that run of what they were able to put together. Um, so a lot of great memories and finally getting over the hump um, with a team that I don't know if we all expected to do it, which I think made it even more fun. Um, so that was my number two story from 2023. Joe, what was your number one? Well, that was my number one, of course. Um, and that's most, you know, a big reason that separates itself from the other great things that we witnessed uh, over the past year is just, you know, how much I enjoy basketball and watching basketball. So um, that it was an incredible season. And I think, like you said, a big part of that was just the expectations after the previous year of Nutria basketball, where they were in the top five all year and the, and the battles with Glenbrook South uh, were so intense. Uh, I think a lot of people expected a bit of a, a drop off and Nutria just uh, it didn't happen um, was was strong all year, but especially in the second half of the year, you know, near unbeatable, um, you know, they they got um, 
two, one buzzer beater and another really late victory in the playoffs uh, to even get out of the sectional. Um, it was just so cool. It was, uh, it was exciting to witness um, just a, a great, a special team and uh, fun to watch and fun to be part of. So that's my number one moment. Um, I, I, I'm sure there is another one um, that I'm missing that goes, uh, goes in the top three or worthy of that contention. But um, those are the three that stand out to me. All right. I, I'll go with Loyola number one, winning the state championship. I, I, I just think, you know, Yes, it was Loyola winning a state championship. Yes, they were probably the favorites heading into it. But there were so many fun stories that came along with it. You know, Bo Destro takes over after John Halasek. Is he going to be able to, you know, pull off what, you know, continue the high standard that, you know, Halasek set every single year? You got a new head coach or a new – you have a new head coach. We have a new quarterback, um, Ryan Fitzgerald, coming in. How is he going to, you know, pick it up after Jake Sterney had such a great season? Um, you had the other stories, obviously you had Ryan or you had uh, uh, Pat Fitzgerald being part of the program, the controversy there. And you obviously had the Mount Carmel game. And then you just had the fact that an, uh, an 8-8 team hasn't repeated a state champion since 2010 when Maine South did it. So I think all of that, you know, it might have been predictable. It might have been something that people are like, well, you, you, you tell me at the beginning of the season that Loyola is going to win and I'm not really going to be that shocked. But for what they were able to accomplish, put it all together. Um, and the stories that kind of came along all the way. I think that's uh, what made uh, the Ramblers state championship number one on my list of the top three here in 2023. Um, can't wait to hear from everyone who's going to be mad for what we forgot or didn't mention <laughs> in the top. But um, that's the fun part about making lists. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of 2024. Just a quick reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you go give, a, give us a nice little subscription. Um, that always helps us, a nice little review as well. Um, that helps us spread the word about the podcast. Make sure you check out my stuff at FridayNightDrive.com. We've got obviously um, maybe a slower period now, but we've got, we'll have recruiting notebooks uh, all that different stuff. So check out all our work there. And then as always, check out Joe's work at therecordnorthshore.org. Make sure you subscribe and donate. Um, he's got you covered with not only what's been going on um, in the sports realm, but everything else going on. So make sure you check out all his great work at therecordnorthshore.org. So we've got one episode down. We'll see how many we do this year. But thank you so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.